we have been live streaming our 8.30 Mass each Sunday morning, and evidently this morning, when it came to this point, when I was giving my homily, it all went patooey, all right? <laughs> so I understand that uh, this Mass is being live streamed, so uh, hopefully it works out today. You may recall last week, our Gospel was from the Gospel of Mark, and it was from the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark. And I told you that with the Gospel of Mark, it's the shortest of the four Gospels. And so there will be times over this next year when we're, where we're hearing from the Gospel of Mark that, well, we're going to run out of Gospel. So that's when what will be supplemented in will be from the Gospel of John, most commonly. So this Sunday, we get to hear from the Gospel of John. And I thought, you know, it was kind of nice hearing from the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark. What about the Gospel of John? How does John's Gospel begin? And here's the thing. We, don't, we rarely get to hear it at Sunday Mass because the only time it appears in the lectionary is the Christmas Day Mass. And most of us go Christmas Eve, so we either hear the um, Christmas Eve Mass for the Gospel, or the Christmas Night Mass, or the Christmas Dawn Mass, but not the Christmas Day Mass. So I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. You can turn to page 52. And if you look on page 52, you will see John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and you'll see it begins in the beginning. And if you recall from last week, that's how the Gospel of Mark began. And, it, and in both cases, it's about referring back to the beginning. And in the case of Genesis, Genesis begins in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. So that's what we're looking back to here, is at the very beginning. We, uh, our students at St. Michael ask lots of wonderful questions, and sometimes when they deal with religion and their teacher isn't quite sure what to do with the questions, they'll give me a call and say, can you come in and talk to the class? And I'll say, sure. So a couple weeks ago, I was talking with our fifth grade students, and there were a whole list of questions, and the first one on the list was, how was God created? Anybody got an answer for that one? <laughs> well, here's a good place to look, is in the Gospel of John, and about, oh, about five, six sentences down, it says, what came to be, let's see, all things came to be through him, and without him, nothing came to be. Okay? So all things came to be through him, and without him, nothing came to be. That's another way of saying that nobody created God. God is the one who created everything, and it is a bit of a mystery, and how do we understand then God? But God's the one who was before all else that was, that is. And what the Gospel of John is interesting about is it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word, uh, in the Greek, it's logos. 
And we understand that as the second, second person in the Holy Trinity. You know, we speak of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So right from the very beginning, before anything existed, there was the Trinity. And then out of love for the world, God sent his Son into the world. And that's this passage again, too, looking a little further down. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, God's love for us in choosing to become one of us. The word became flesh, took on all the limitations of our, our humanity. So I want to point this out about this gospel, and then you also notice in this gospel, uh, in the brackets, it says, a man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And that was the section that uh, we heard in today's gospel about John the Baptist. He comes to testify to the light. Well, now in this gospel, it says, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. And we know who that is, don't we? Christ, our light. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's what these Advent candles are building up to. The word made flesh. Christ, our light. Does anybody here have lights on their Christmas tree? Yeah. Okay, I'm guessing a few of us do. And you know what? It's just nice to have lights at this time of year, isn't it? It's so dark out. So it's kind of fun just to have lights outside and lights inside. But for people of faith, those lights can take on an extra meaning because they are our way of witnessing. Christ is our light. These lights are, are just a reminder to us of that. But here's the thing. We may have our lights on, but there's in a place in the world that this year normally has lots of lights. Well, they took all their lights down. And the place I'm talking about is Bethlehem, the birthplace of Jesus they're not celebrating with Christmas decorations this year. On October 7th, the surprise attack on Israel by Gaza-based Hamas militants. It killed 1,200 people, Israel says. Israel's military has responded with an air and ground assault that has killed more than 18,000 people, according to Gaza's health ministry. And if you're following the news, those deaths continue. It is a sobering time. It is a hard time. And the patriarchs and leaders of the churches in Jerusalem and Bethlehem and surrounding areas um, have urged the faithful to stand strong with those facing such afflictions by this year's foregoing, uh, by this year foregoing any unnecessarily festive activities and focus more on the spiritual meaning of Christmas, holding in our thoughts our brothers and sisters affected by this war and its consequences, and with fervent prayers for a just and lasting peace for our beloved Holy Land. I was able to spend three months in the Holy Land back in 1983 when I was a, a seminary student, and. It's a complex situation. 
Um, and, and I don't have any answers. I don't know if anybody does. It's, it's, it's such a difficult uh, situation. I was struck this past week, I came across a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's our gospel that I just pointed you to, and that's what I believe uh, we're called to, too, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One of the women lives in Bethlehem and works in one of the hospitals there uh, named Lena. She writes that for Christians living in the Holy Land, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ is what brings hope in our lives. I believe that the greatest gift that God has given us is the gift of hope. And with Christmas, we nurture this hope in our hearts. So the Christians, they're putting their faith and hope in Christ, our light, Jesus, the word made, word made flesh, who made his dwelling among us out of love for us and will never give up trying to get us to love one another and to forgive one another. When I was putting up my Christmas tree this year, um, some of the ornaments that I have are ones that I bought when I was in the Holy Land back, gosh, that's been 40 years ago, okay? <laughs> and they hold up. They're just simply made of olive wood. And, but as I put them on the tree, it was, I, I, I tried to make a special effort of praying for a just peace for the people in that area. And so as you light the uh, lights on your Christmas tree or your outdoor decorations, I hope you recall John the Baptist, who came to testify to the light, I hope you remember Christ our light, and that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, is coming into the world. <laughs>